Hey everyone, this is the Written by Lauren podcast. I'm your host, Lauren, and today we are reading chapter 17 from my series called Searching. Chapter 17 About half an hour later, Zoe walked down from the front steps of Brian's house. He quickly followed behind her. She was flustered and was trying to wrap her head around what had just happened. Of course, Brian's family was very kind. They had an actual witch, Brian's grandmother, in the family after all, so someone being able to see ghosts outside of the family wasn't too far-fetched of an idea for them to wrap their heads around. Yet Zoe was still completely overwhelmed at the idea that the sweet little girl she had met was dead. After Brody had confirmed her suspicions of the young child not being among the living, Bonnie had silenced him with just a stern, Brody. He had looked down at his food and had visibly sunk down low in his chair. Bonnie had given Zoe a soft smile and spoke kindly. She must have felt safe with you, to follow you all the way here. She is so young, she doesn't know how to shield herself very well to others, so she's spotted often. Usually, once she realizes someone can see her, she's able to shield herself, but often it's too late. Most people ignore her, which is actually very sad if you think about it. She must be so lonely. Brian's father, Kurt, placed his hand on Bonnie's back and rubbed it gently, soothing her. I'm sorry, my dear, but you know people don't want to believe anything that is even slightly out of the ordinary, or what they deem ordinary. Bonnie nodded and smiled at him. Besides, as long as we teach our kids to have an open mind and to accept others, we can hope others will learn that it's okay to be who they are. They had said a few more things, and Zoe could tell they didn't know the extent of her abilities. She didn't even know the extent, to be honest. All she knew was what she had been told, and although that wasn't much either, she knew she had to figure it out, and soon. She didn't want to be blindsided by a ghost she thought was a living, breathing person again. She didn't blame the little girl, and she wasn't angry. She would have just reacted in a different way had she known the small ghost girl had been interested in her and trusted her to follow her around. She now wondered, as she headed down the street as if she was on a mission, if the girl had needed her help. Had the girl picked up on something? Had she felt safe like Bonnie had said? Once a few houses away from Brian's, he ran up next to her. Hey, are you okay? He had wanted to give her some space, but noticed she wasn't slowing down. He didn't want her to think she had to process everything on her own. So he caught up to her. Zoe slowed once she realized how quickly she had been moving. She looked over at him and let out a sigh of relief. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm alright, I just... I just don't, I don't know what's going on, and I never expected any of this to happen, much less for it to all unfold so quickly. Brian let her vent. He knew she must be confused, and maybe a little scared. He hoped she wouldn't always feel this way. He wrapped his arm around her shoulders and pulled her close while they continued to walk down the sidewalk, passing their normal meeting spot. You always have me. Even if your life is confusing, or you aren't sure where it's going, or how you're going to get through something, I'll be here to help you navigate it. That's what friends are for. Zoe leaned into Brian's half-hug. She knew he had meant every word of what he had just said, and she appreciated it. She was so happy that Brian had found his way into her life. She couldn't have asked for a better friend than the friend she had in Brian. Thank you. I appreciate you, Brian. I really do. Brian let Zoe go and they had a comfortably quiet walk the rest of the way to school. Once there, they were met with the sounds of teens getting out their preschool energy in the front lawn of the building. Brian and Zoe both waved at a few of their fellow students as they walked to their first class of the day. The thoughts of ghosts and demons 
slipping from their mind even for a short while, was refreshing. They made it through the day with relative ease, with only a minor hiccup, with Amber giving them some sour looks as they passed one another. It wasn't anything the pair couldn't handle, but Zoe, not understanding or even wanting this fight to continue, had decided she would take the high road. Whenever she came in contact with Amber that day, she smiled a small, polite smile. Amber at first gave her an even dirtier look when it first happened, and then an eye roll. And finally, on the final interaction, Amber didn't even look Zoe's way. She didn't want to push too much with Amber, but she hoped that her kindness would break down any wall she had placed between them. After school, on the walk home, Zoe began thinking of the young girl she had seen that morning. She wondered if she was lonely, and why she hadn't passed on fully. She thought that if she could banish an evil entity, then maybe she could help the girl to pass peacefully onto the other side, if she was in fact stuck, or didn't want to actually be here. Brian walked next to her not saying much of anything. Zoe let herself get lost in her thoughts. Once they made it to the spot where they went their separate ways, they hugged and said their goodbyes. By the time Zoe had made it home and up to her room, she decided she would try and call on Emerald. She had been worried about her, since she hadn't seen or heard from her since before the home's exorcism. Zoe climbed onto her bed and sat cross-legged in the middle of it, getting comfortable. She made sure to clear her mind and to relax. She closed her eyes. While she did this, she took her time, and once she was ready, she opened them. The air in her room was still. She glanced around and looked for any signs of Emmy, but she already knew there wouldn't be any. She took one more moment, and then she spoke. Her voice was soft and searching, yet curious and hopeful. Emmy? Can you hear me? I want you to know that we got rid of that evil energy that was haunting you. I know it spent years torturing you, both while living and after you passed. But it's gone now. You don't have to be scared anymore. He can't hurt you. Not ever again, Emmy. Zoe waited a little while after she had stopped talking, hoping it was just taking Emmy a little while to come around and to reveal herself to Zoe. Although Zoe knew that she had been able to see Emmy without her allowing her to see her, she wasn't exactly sure how it worked but knew it didn't work all the time, and in every situation. She wondered if there was some sort of rhyme or reason to it, or if it was just random. It was something she wanted to know the answer to, so she put it to the back of her mind to ask her grandmother and Vivian once she saw them again. She decided to speak out to Emmy once more, just in case she was having some hard time getting back to the house from wherever she went when she was normally hiding from her father's evil demon energy. Emmy, I hope you're okay. If you saw or know what happened last night, I just want you to know that I would never try to hurt you. You're safe with me. I just hope that you know that. And I hope you're okay. So I bit her lip. She hoped that Emerald just needed some time, and she hadn't somehow trapped her out of the place that she had called home for so long. Zoe suddenly felt sad. She was worried about Emmy. Maybe it was because she'd expected her to be ecstatic that she was no longer plagued by the hauntings of her father. She slumped into herself and crawled to the top of her bed to get underneath the comforter. She didn't feel like doing much of anything, so she curled up and pulled the blanket close under her chin. She didn't think she had fallen asleep, but her eyes blinked a few times as they tried to refocus, her brain waking up from its mental fog. Her ears had alerted to some noise nearby. As she quickly took in the surroundings, she realized she was still in bed. Her lights were on, but it was late. Her dad should have already been home, 
had he fallen asleep like she apparently had. He would have left her alone, most likely, to get some rest, but she was sure he would have turned her light off. The noise that had woken her were footsteps on the stairs leading up to her room. She didn't move, but her eyes watched the door as the footsteps grew louder and louder as they got closer to her bedroom door, the only thing that separated her from the mystery person climbing up into her room. She continued to watch as the doorknob began to turn, and the door was slowly pushed open. Henry stood in the doorway as he opened the door wider to reveal his confused and then concerned face when he saw Zoe in bed, awake. Hey, Zoe, are you okay? I've been calling you to come down. Henry walked over and sat on the edge of her bed. Zoe sat up a little and nodded. Yeah, I'm alright. I must have fallen asleep. Did you just get home? It's late. Henry studied her face for a moment. Yeah, he said cautiously. I was out getting you a surprise. I was calling you to come down to see it, but if you aren't feeling well, then it can wait. So I gave her dad a smile. A surprise? He squinted his eyes at her. Hey, what's going on? Did you have a bad day at school? You were in such a good mood this morning. Did something happen? Zoe shook her head. No, I'm fine, Dad, I promise. If Zoe could guess, the tea she had drank that morning had definitely wore off, and the after-effects of that were kicking in. Yes, she was sad that she hadn't been able to get in touch with Emmy, but she knew the level of sadness had to be from the tea wearing off. She could see now why people would get addicted to the drink. Feeling the low wasn't fun and chasing the happy and high feelings she had felt would be a nice change. But she also knew that it wouldn't last forever, and she would soon be back to her usual self in no time. She didn't want her dad to know about the tea, or her adventure from the night before, so she tried to ease the worry she saw etched on his face. I think I was just up too early this morning, and I'm just a little tired. But I would love to see what you got me. Zoe had convinced him, and the lines of worry on his face eased, and he patted her leg gently. Well. I think my surprise will help you to get a good night's sleep. Zoe raised an eyebrow. Then it hit her. You got me a new mattress? Zoe smiled. She was excited. She had asked for a new mattress early on, and hadn't asked about it again, as she knew her dad was busy, and it would happen if he was able to. Henry nodded. Yeah, but if you're too tired to help me lug it all the way up here, then I understand. You did pick the highest point of the house to be your own personal sanctuary. He looked around. I have to admit. You have made it look very welcoming and comfortable up here. Zoe slipped out of bed. She wasn't about to let him use her excuse of being tired to get out of enjoying her brand new mattress. Come on, Dad. I want to see how awesome this new mattress is. Henry chuckled. For about an hour that night, the pair pushed and pulled and tugged the mattress up each flight of stairs until they had successfully swapped out the old, lumpy excuse for a mattress with a brand new, firm, yet unbelievably comfortable mattress. The days following came and went, with no sign of Emerald, the ghost girl that had once inhabited this old home. Zoe had of course not forgotten about her, and was still hopeful she would show up. She did wonder, and had spoken to those trusted few who knew of Emerald, about if she could have possibly passed on completely to the other side when they had forced out the evil that had long plagued this home. Of course, they had all said that it was definitely possible, and that if it was the case, they were sure she was safe and happy. It would not be lonely any longer. Zoe had decided that if this was the case, she'd be happy for Emerald. She of course would welcome her back with open arms if this turned out to not be the case. Instead of worrying about this though, Zoe had decided to do the only thing she could think of, and to start trying to hone her skills. 
She also could not stop thinking about the young girl she had met and whom had seemed so interested in Zoe. She wanted to know if she could help her, if she did indeed wish to be helped. She couldn't stop thinking about why the girl had followed her that day and vowed to find out as much as the girl would allow her to. She had returned to Brian's house for breakfast a few more times since the initial visit, but had not seen the small ghost child since. Her trainings, on the other hand, were going well. She spent a lot of her after-school afternoons with Vivian, and her own grandmother learning all she could about herself and the world she had not known existed before moving to this small town she now considered home. She was also making progress with Amber. She had ignored Zoe for a few days, not even giving her a slight glance. Then Zoe had caught Amber stealing curious looks at her, and she thought Zoe wasn't paying attention. Of course, if Zoe would look up or turn to look at Amber, her head would snap back in the opposite direction. Zoe was taking this as a win at the time, and just yesterday, Zoe could have sworn she had seen Amber give Zoe the smallest, most minuscule smile while passing in the hallway on the way to fifth period. Things were looking up, and Zoe was thriving in the town her father had grown up in. Her father, Henry, was even smiling more and cracking jokes as he had when her mother, his true love, was still alive. It was a Saturday afternoon when Brian and Zoe were walking down the street, away from Brian's house, when after what felt like ages Zoe heard the rhythmic sound of rope scraping concrete. Zoe stopped once the sound hit her ears. She whirled around and searched for the sound source. She wasn't disappointed. But just a few houses down there was that same small girl with the blue dress and braids. Zoe's breath caught in her throat. She froze, but wished she could run over to the child and embrace her, as if she had been her own missing sister, friend, or relative. She was glad she couldn't move right away. It wouldn't be the right approach. She knew that. She wouldn't want to scare the girl away after so much time waiting for her return. She could see Brian out of the corner of her eye. He was standing still as well. She wondered if he could also see the girl, with his lack of questioning. She assumed he could see her, or he had at least caught on to Zoe's odd behavior and decided he would follow her lead. Good thing, because Zoe felt as if she took her eyes off the girl, she might vanish, and she really didn't want that to happen. After a few seconds that felt like minutes, Zoe began to head towards the girl jumping rope. At first, the girl didn't seem to notice Zoe, or Brian, but the closer they got, the harder it was for her to not notice. The girl turned her head towards Zoe when she was only a few feet away. She stopped jumping rope immediately. For a split second, Zoe was worried the girl was scared, but a huge grin filled the small girl's face. She dropped her rope and hopped around in pure happiness. The act made Zoe laugh with relief. The girl remembered her, and was seemingly happy to see her. Zoe got down on the sidewalk and sat on her knees with her legs beneath her. The girl stopped jumping and watched her. Zoe smiled and spoke gently. Hello. You remember me? My name is Zoe. She wanted to remind the girl of her name in case she had forgotten, and to hopefully let the girl know she was kind and meant no harm. The girl nodded her head, and instead of speaking, she twirled in a circle, holding her dress out so it popped up nicely with her turn. Zoe took this as a win. Oh, wow. Your dress is so beautiful. The color looks very nice. The girl smiled sweetly and shrugged her shoulder up, resting her cheek on it. Zoe spoke again. Could you tell me your name? The girl thought about this for a moment, and Zoe was hopeful. But then the girl shook her head instead and turned, rushing to her jump rope and picking it up. She was about to run off when Zoe pleaded her to stay. Wait, you don't have to go. I won't ask you your name again. I'm sorry if I scared you. 
The girl stopped, turning back to Zoe and watching her. The girl walked over to Zoe and stood in front of her. Zoe didn't know what to do, so she just sat there, looking at the girl until she took her small hand and reached for Zoe's. Zoe held out her hand, and the girl took her hand in hers. To her surprise, Zoe could feel the girl's hand. Not like a regular, living hand, but she could still feel the soft grasp the girl had on her own hand. The girl pulled him again walking down the sidewalk. Zoe quickly got up and followed, her hand softly being pulled by the sweet girl. They walked for a long time. Zoe had no idea where they were headed. She didn't ask. She knew the girl wouldn't tell her, so she didn't even try. The girl was taking her somewhere, and she would figure things out afterwards. This was the girl's way of speaking to Zoe, and she would let her do this. Her way. Zoe followed the girl for a while. So far that Zoe didn't even recognize where they were. She wanted to look back to see if Brian was following, but decided against it. She was sure he was following, but keeping his distance for the girl's sake. Finally, after walking for ages, they walked down a small dirt path and through an old iron gate that lay open and crooked, hanging off its hinges. Zoe looked around. Her mouth sprung open after taking in the scene. They were in a relatively small cemetery. They kept walking, all the way to the far back corner headstone. Once there, the girl stopped and pointed at the small stone. It was hard to read and Zoe strained her eyes to read the letters carved into it. The gravesite was littered with old leaves, dirt, and grime that made it look forgotten. Zoe's heart ached for the poor soul. She wondered how long it had been since someone had visited her grave, and if she still had family that was living. There were some larger headstones next to hers, but those were in equally bad shape. Zoe looked over at the girl, and the girl simply pointed at the headstone once more. Zoe smiled a little. Is this yours? she asked, not sure how to ask the tiny girl if this is where her body had been laid to rest. The girl didn't respond, just stayed pointing at the stone. Zoe looked back at it and got closer to try and read the carvings. She traced her fingers over the letters to help her understand what it said. Her fingers traced each letter a few times to be sure what it said before she spoke. She wanted to make sure she was right before turning to the girl. When she did, the girl looked at her, expectantly. Zoe reached her hand forward, and the girl looked at it for a moment, and then placed her small hand in Zoe's. Again, Zoe felt the small weight of her hand. Zoe rubbed her thumb over the back of the girl's hand, and spoke the name she now knew to be hers. Rose. Rose smiled and nodded. That is a beautiful name for such a beautiful girl, Zoe told her. Rose stood up a little straighter, as if she knew Zoe's words to be true. Zoe hoped she did know those words to be true. They dropped hands and Zoe thanked her for bringing her along on this journey, and for letting her know what her name was. Once thanked, Rose turned and began walking out of the cemetery. Zoe stood. Rose? The girl turned. I hope to see you soon, Zoe told her truthfully. Rose smiled and waved at her disappearing as she walked through the iron gates. As Zoe watched the spot she vanished from for a moment, she noticed Brian for the first time. He was out of the way but still nearby as if giving Zoe and Rose the space they deserved. He didn't move but waited until Zoe waved him over. He joined her at Rose's grave. That was amazing, Zoe said as she broke the silence. Her name is Rose, she informed him. Brian bent down to look at the small grave. It's sad her resting place hasn't been kept up. Zoe agreed. I wish we could clean it up. 
Do you think we could? Brian looked up at her. Yeah, we could see if your dad has any idea how to clean up the stone. That was actually a great idea. Although this wasn't exactly his expertise, she was sure he would know where to start or where they could get the right answer from. So he held out her hand. Let's do it. Brian took hold of Zoe's hand and stood. They dropped hands and walked out of the gravesite, not before noticing that the rest of the headstones located inside were all in the same, very poor shape. Neither said it aloud, but both friends knew that they wouldn't be cleaning up just one headstone. They would do what they could to each of these headstones, give them some of the love that they clearly needed. Alright everyone, that's it for today's episode. Come back next week for another installment of Searching, and in the meantime, if you want to reach out, maybe ask me some questions about the series or the podcast in general, you can find me on Instagram at writtenbylauren_podcast. underscore podcast. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys next week.